Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When the final buzzer sounds, the analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid created a turnover for Dreisaitl inside. McDavid, his shot scores! Connor McDavid has won the Battle of Alberta for Edmonton! Five, four, in... In playoff hockey, the margin of victory can be as narrow as a skate blade. And the Edmonton Oilers proved that tonight with an overtime decision against the Calgary Flames. The captain, the star, Connor McDavid, with the series winning goal, 5-0-3 into the extra session. This coming after the Flames had what they were hoping would be a game-winning goal taken off the board after a video review with just 5.57 left in the third period. So 5-4 the final in the game, 4-1 the final margin in the series. And the Oilers are going to the Western Conference Final for the first time since 2006. They will play either Colorado or St. Louis. The Avalanche lead that series three games to two, and they're going to play game six tomorrow night. Thanks a lot for joining us, Oil Country. It's 11-13 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, first of all, Rob, the one thing we noted after the... Second period, I can't remember if we talked about it after the third as well, but we were certainly thinking it. Uh, four goals for the Oilers. Connor McDavid was yet to have a point, and then he gets the biggest one of the season so far. I'm not sure there's a safer bet in in the world than uh, picking Connor to score the game winner after having nothing through 60 minutes. Uh, it just, as we talked with Bob, greats come through at great moments, and... Uh, the puck hadn't fallen around tonight like it usually did. So you knew that at some point he was going to get his opportunity. He wasn't going to miss. And I think that's if there's, I mean, there's a lot of different storylines on why the Oilers won this series and, and, and beat the Flames. But I think the one that's the most obvious and the most glaring is the Oilers' three best players were so much better than the Calgary Flames' three best players. And the Calgary Flames' best players, their top line is good. It was good all season long. They are they are superstars, and it wasn't even close. That's how much better Leon Connor and take your pick Kane or Hyman were than the three stars of the Calgary Flames. They dominated, and uh, whether it was a, a goal that should have been or should not have been counted today, the right team won. The team that was the better team in this series is moving on as it should, and this is a big win for Edmonton. It gets some rest, and they get to wait and see and watch who they play next. That's huge in a, in a long playoff run. 
I didn't think it would be a five-game series, Rob. I, I got to tell you that. And a lot of the games were close along the way, obviously. I suppose the most lopsided game was the Oilers' 4-1 win in uh, in Game 3. Uh, game 1 probably should have been about 11-2 for Calgary, but Markstrom kind of kept the Oilers in it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just a wild sequence in the second period tonight. The teams set a new NHL playoff record for fastest four goals. They got four goals in a minute and 11, Rob. Uh, Hyman, Goudreau, Yarncroft, and then Bouchard in just one of the most memorable sequences we're ever going to see. Yeah, I agree. You're watching it. The excitement level never ended. Um, The problem for the Flames and to the benefit to the Oilers that benefit, I mean, that's the kind of style the others want to play. They want to trade chances. They got the better players. They got the better offensive guys that, all right, when you get an odd man rush, we'll take one. I like our chances. The Flames didn't play flame hockey. It just, for the first 30 minutes of this game or 27 or where before that little burst happened, the Flames were in a one nothing hockey game. That's how they want to play. They got, that's how they won all season long. They had good goaltending. They had timely scoring. Uh, but if you start getting into a track meet, well, the others got, they got the better horses. And this was a five-game series. Having said that, four of the games were tied in the third period. Mm -hmm. So it was a closer series than the five games say. But the Oilers' best players were were just that much better than the Calgary Flames' best players. They didn't have an answer. And before before the playoffs started, you and I have had a lot of conversations with callers calling in. And people would say, is there any team in the NHL that the Oilers could face in the playoffs? where they would not have a disadvantage, if not a distinct disadvantage in net. And Mike Smith so far in the playoffs is outplayed and badly outplayed the guys at the opposite end. And the one thing that's funny, and Bob Stoffer talks all about it a lot, is Markstrom turned down the Oilers and he talks about Kemper, Darcy Kemper, who decided he didn't want to come to Edmonton as well. Mike Smith has a chance now to knock possibly both those guys off. A goalie that was a, okay, we'll sign Smith because we didn't get the other guys. Well, Mike Smith now can prove Ken Holland was right in believing in him as he takes the Oilers into the Final Four. 5-4, the Oilers win it tonight in dramatic fashion. McDavid from Dreisaitl, of course, uh, is the uh, is the official on the goal. Leon Dreisaitl has 17 points in the series. <laughs> uh, but but t- first of all, Rob, can you break down the game winner a little bit? Because it was it was kind of a harmless play in the corner that the Hannafin was easily the first guy back to the puck, like easily. Yeah. It, and then I, I believe, was he the one that just kind of threw it up the boards blindly and yep. softly? Yeah. So, I mean, he, there was no pressure. He wasn't being, it wasn't as old Evander Kane or Zach Hyman or Zach Kaskin or someone was bearing down on him, get rid of it. It was just more or less, okay, I don't want the problem. I'll move the puck somewhere else and let the problem be theirs. And even Leon Dreisettle was standing there, and he was like, wow, that, that was a lot easier. He's expecting a puck to come around his ears and hope that it hits him and stays in the zone. And then Leon does what Leon does best, and that's body positioning. He turned his body so that he could absorb the hit and find a place to put the puck. And the one problem, and I think it was Lindholm that was trying to stay with Connor McDavid, there's not a player in the National Hockey League who, if Connor gets two steps, you're going to be with him. And Connor, Leon put the puck where Connor could get it. He had enough room. He, he'd put some distance between him and Lindholm. And then it's a shot. And the thing is, Connor has got an incredible wrist shot that had been denied a number of times. But if you continue to give him opportunities in the high slot, eventually he's going to put the puck 
where he wants to. And that one was a great shot, just off the post and in. And the Oilers, I know that Markstrom wasn't good in this series, as good as he could be or has been. But if you start thinking some of the goals that beat him, Hyman, bar down, shorthanded. Uh, Drysidel, bar in, or post in, in that game where they, they won on home ice. Tonight, Connor McDavid, bar in. Like, these are great shots by highly skilled players. So, yeah, soft play with the Calgary Flames. It was, but too many soft plays is what cost them this series. They they were desperate to have a healthy Tanev. He's the guy that they would have out there against Connor and Leon. He wasn't healthy enough. And then other players on the team that were out there just weren't hard enough after game one to play against the Oilers' top players. All right, 5-4, the Oilers win it in overtime. They win the series in five games, and it wouldn't be a battle of Alberta without some controversy. So 5.57 left. Backland shot gets through Smith, and it's going in. Coleman is, is tied up, and as he's going to the net and into the crease, the puck goes in off his left skate. Now, the... Play was reviewed for quite a while, which had me thinking, okay, now, so here's how it played out for me. First of all, Mooner, Mooner was watching the game with me, and we became aware that there was some sort of a delay, and Mooner said, are they challenging for offside? And then they flashed that it was the refs looking at it. And I said, well, it can't be offside because the refs are looking at it, not the linesmen. And then I thought maybe the, maybe the net was off a split second before the puck went in. Uh, and then that wasn't the case, and then we realized they're looking at, at the foot. So I'm going to read this right out of the rule book again. A distinct kicking motion for purposes of video review is one where the video makes clear that an attacking player has deliberately propelled the puck with a kick of his foot or skate, and the puck subsequently enters the net. Now there's going to be, well, there there already is, and I, I'm enjoying seeing things on social media. And we missed the panel when we were discussing it during the the overtime. I guess uh, I the buddy texted me that that. Um, that Kevin Bieksa thought the goal should have been waved off. Uh, and I believe Elliot and McLean, I don't even know who the other guy was there tonight, thought that it... it I think it was Jennifer Botterill tonight. Okay, should have counted. So it, 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 cause it is interesting because you and Bieksa obviously are both ex-players. Brendan Morrison, who's an ex-player, thought it should have counted. Um, and again, at full speed, I thought it should have counted. Whenever I see a play like that, I try to think like, okay, instead of just saying the ref screwed up, why, I try to figure why did they make that call. The, the only thing I can figure, Rob, is that when they really slowed it down, I mean, Coleman's clearly looking at the puck and trying to locate it, and his foot did turn. Now, is he trying mm-hmm. to stop? Can he not control his body because he's tied up? Or is he thinking, I'm going to make sure this goes in? They ruled, yeah, they mm-hmm. obviously ruled he's thinking he makes, he's making sure the puck is going to cross the line. The, the thing is, it, it says distinct kicking motion. Turning your gate is not a kicking motion. That's no, but, what it I, says, I, but, it, but it says a distinct kicking motion for the purposes yep. of this mm-hmm. is where yep. you deliberately propel the puck into the net. Yeah, so but with a distinct to, kicking motion. You don't, you don't words, actually have says, to wind up and kick no, it, kick no, the puck. No, no, but it still says distinct kicking motion. Right, but then it defines distinct kicking motion, saying that you're using your foot to propel the puck into the net. Nope. It, I, oh, it does say I that. Saw I'm, what reading they, it. I'm, I'm reading oh, it. I know, I know. Rule book. I, I know, and I read what the NHL put out. A distinct player uses a distinct kicking motion to propel the puck into the net with his skate foot. That's what the NHL put out. There was no distinct kicking motion. There wasn't. So I, I, I believe, and I still believe, that the, the NHL screwed up. Absolutely, 100%, they screwed up. Now, at the end of the day, I believe the Oilers were still going to win the series. 
But I know that if this had gone the other way and this was an Oiler goal that was called back, I mean, the, the, the Oilers fans would be up in arms. And I think, to me, uh, the I want the right call made, no matter what, where, where you're, who you're cheering for. And this one was the wrong call. They screwed up. So um, it's, people make mistakes, and I believe they did. Now, I, I knew right away they were going to review about the skate because as soon as the puck went in, when I watched it live, right away Nugent Hopkins pointed to the referee and so did Smith. So I knew that, and then you could tell that it hit his skate and went in. So I knew they were going automatically to that. I just thought, well, okay, they're going to check it out, which they should. But to me, it was a goal. And uh, the Calgary Flames have every right to be upset uh, after, after that call. I mean, that was, I mean, it more or less ended their season. They deflated. After that, that was the end of them. The, the Oilers should have won this in regulation. After they disallowed that goal, the Oilers pressed and had a number of good chances. Markstrom made some big saves, but eventually uh, they were worn down. The better team won, and it was won by the team with the best players, and the best players were the ones that set up the, the winning goal. So you have, have you watched that sort of three-quarter view? Mm-hmm. From, I've watched every Derek view. Van, I've, had, I've watched Van it a thousand Van times now. It out. Yeah, see, that's the mm-hmm. one that makes it look like he stuck his leg out at the puck. Well, he, stuck, he did stick his leg out. He was stopping. He only had one foot on no, the ice. No, not in, in this view. It doesn't look like he's stopping. He looks like he's, he's making sure the puck okay, was look, into the net. Okay, and watch that view. See how many feet he has on the ice. He's got one foot. Try now. You stand there and try kicking with one yeah, foot. His right foot is is tied up with Smith's mm-hmm. pad. So you so try and kick something with one foot in the air. And now you well, got to put your other foot. I don't have to do it. I'm not, I'm not a pro athlete. I mean, I'm not no, in control. No, I am. Your head I, I am, or I was. Do, you can't right? do it. So he was stopping. It was a terrible call. Yeah, see, I, I disagree with that assessment, Rob. It, it, okay. It's a controversial call. I don't think it's a terrible call. I don't, quite frankly, I don't think you're reading the rule carefully enough. I, well, I'm, it's, I, I just I read what the NHL put out, and they said is it with a distinct kicking motion is he put the puck in the net. There was no distinct kicking motion. I've watched it a hundred times. Okay. I think there's. I, I think it should have counted, but I, I don't think it's as black and white as, as you think, quite frankly. Okay. Well, you're, you're welcome to that opinion. I just, to me, it was a terrible call. All right. Oilers win 5 4. Big David in overtime. Do we have the Big uh, David tape ready, Kellen? Okay, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's number 97. Scored lots of goals in your career. Uh, can you tell us what it feels like to watch that one go in? That was great. Um, yeah, hard to put into words what uh, what that one meant to me. Um, you know, the guys did a great job of hanging in there all night. Definitely wasn't our best effort, but we stuck in there. Um, you know, got great performances from a bunch of different guys, and um, yeah, just happy to uh, contribute on a night where maybe didn't have my best. You never had. Uh, you've never played in the Battle of Alberta. Everybody made a big deal of this thing. Now that it's over. Uh, some crazy stuff happened last 10 days. What was it like? Special. Um, you know, obviously special to win. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's obviously everything. Um, you know, it was real fun. Uh, the fans were amazing in both buildings, um, especially in Edmonton. You know, just the, the energy and the vibe around the city has been, uh, been amazing. Connor, can you talk about the maturity that your team showed this series and being able to handle the emotional swings within games? Yeah, there's lots of swings in games. You know, tonight was was a bit crazy there at the end of the second. Um, you know, crazy game one. Um, you know, we got down in game two and, you know, kind of just hung in there all series and um, found a way to get it done. That was really the moral of the, the whole series. 
Can you uh, just tell us what you saw from Leon Dreisaitl here? 17 points in the series, and everybody knows he's going through some stuff, so pretty impressive. <laughs> Uh, it was amazing. Uh, that's all you can really say. Um, you know, it's hard to really put into words how amazing he was out there. Um, and every game, you know, every single game, he uh, he, he dominated from start to finish, and um, you know, it was fun to uh, fun to watch tonight. Connor, one of the things we've heard, especially since late in the series uh, versus LA, is your will to win. And I guess you, you show it, but I wonder, are you, is that something you can kind of explain how badly? you want to win and succeed we all want to win uh, everybody wants to win um, you know I think our group uh, been through a lot um, you know this year and in years past and um, you know I think it's just made us hungrier and hungrier to uh, to be successful and you know, we've had to learn a lot of lessons along the way and you know it's got us up to this point and you know, obviously we want to uh, to keep going here can you just talk about that minute 11, you know, NHL record four goals, and just how crazy that is, uh, you know, combined between the two teams that, you know, it's just up and down, and how to try to keep your emotions level there when it's just a, a massive roller coaster in just a short period of time? Yeah, it was, like you said, it was, uh, it was a roller coaster, all right. Um, you know, but to come out of that uh, all square was was big for our group. I mean, obviously we'd like to have the lead, but um, to come out of that all square and um, give ourselves a chance to to be one shot away, um, you know, in the third period and, and in overtime was uh, was big. Do you care to share what uh, you said to Yessi after he scored? I know he's kind of been snake bitten. You know, for him to get that goal, he just had a little extra chat with him. It seemed on the it's end. Big goal, big goal, really big goal for Jesse, really big goal for a group, and um, you know, he's somebody that uh, has uh, you know stuck with it um, you know and uh, for him to contribute uh, tonight with a you know with a goal I thought all series long he was great uh, you know bringing a lot of energy and physically and um, you know doing his thing and it was uh, it was great to see one going for him there's a tenacity your group <coughs> seems to have found here I wonder how much of that is driven from you know Zach Hyman that's kind of what his game is about you know what does that addition do for the overall group to find that tenacity yeah it's uh, it's fun to watch. He's really fun to watch out there. Just uh, the way he hunts pucks, the way he keep, holds on to pucks, and you know just how much effort he brings each and every night. And um, you know it uh, really energizes our team. And um, yeah, I mean if uh, if you can bring half the effort Hyman does, uh, you're going to have a pretty good night. <clears throat> you never know when it's going to happen, right? You never know when a team's ready to win. Uh, you guys are halfway to get to a Stanley Cup here. What's that feel like? And you know what's what's happening this year well just trying to keep our you know our, i think what he talks about just keeping our our picture small just one game at a time one win at a time and that's all we're trying to focus on really um you know we've had eight wins and um we're going to go up against a, a real good opponent next round whoever it may be um it's going to be another really really good test and uh be lots of ups and downs in that series and we got to be ready for that Connor, i have to ask you what were you thinking on the video replay coleman's goal in the crease maria what went through your mind then? Uh, I didn't really see uh, the play. I I thought Backlund scored the goal, so I didn't really know what they were looking at. But um, you know, obviously, uh, I still haven't seen it, so I don't really want to make too much of a comment. But um, certainly glad they uh, they saw it our way. Connor, can you maybe walk us through what you saw in the overtime winner and the emotion that immediately hit when you knew it hit the back of the net? Yeah, I just tried to get my legs going. They weren't uh, they weren't moving all that well all night, so I'm just trying to focus on skating and got in on the forecheck and got the puck to Leo and usually when the puck goes to Leo something good's gonna happen and tried to get open and he made a great play as always and I just tried to shoot it you know I just had a little second in the slot and just tried to shoot it on net and found a way in.
All right, that is the overtime hero tonight, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Post-game reaction from Oilers captain Connor McDavid. He ends the series 5-0-3 into overtime. Edmonton takes it 5-4. I, I think another storyline in this series for me, Rob, is that the Flames had leads of two goals or more in all three of their home games and in all three occasions lost the lead and lost two of those three games. Um, well, that's uh, two two parts to that. One, I mean, the Calgary Flame team was very good defensive all season long, and they're playing for a Sutter, who uh, I know that this isn't, you know, an LA King team from from ten years ago, but usually a Daryl Sutter team, if you got a two goal lead on home ice, the game is over. Uh, yet they continued to play a style of hockey that opened up opportunities against. They were giving up odd man breaks. Uh, I mean, they've given up three-on-ones in, on the power play in this series. So they did not play a style conducive to winning games 3-2 that Daryl Sutter likes to, to, to play. Having said that, this is the, the NHL nowadays with their calling penalties in the playoffs, more so than they have in the past. Uh, there's, there's no obstruction. There's highly skilled players, and we're seeing it around the league. Uh, no lead is safe. I mean, Colorado, who many have picked to be in the Stanley Cup final, if not win the Stanley Cup, uh, had a 3-0 lead on home ice in, a, in an elimination game. And they ended up losing to the St. Louis Blues. They had a 4-3 lead with a minute to go, and they lost the game last night. So uh, I think it's two things. I don't think the Calgary Flames played good defensive hockey. Uh, I think that they uh, took too many chances when they had the lead. And I think that in the NHL nowadays, there isn't a safe lead because there are so many skilled players out there that are allowed to play skilled that uh, it's always you just get that one. And you and I, we've talked about it, uh, momentum swish, swings. Uh, when a team's down to nothing over the course of history, they will have a momentum swing, but the, you don't get as many opportunities. Well, nowadays, when you have a momentum swing, you got to pile up as many goals as you can when things are going your way. And we saw that the Oilers were capable of doing that. And uh, this is a, a good hockey team. The Oilers are a good hockey club. They can put the puck in the net. They made some good moves. Ken Holland should be applauded. I know he took a lot of abuse this year, uh, but he, he's brought in some good parts to help out Connor and Leon, and those parts were very uh, important and very vital in this series win. Oilers win at 5-4. The McDavid overtime goal turns on the Japanese Village goal light on 630Ched.com. You can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.com. CA. It's also a $500 donation to 630Ched Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Oilers win the BOA. A little bit of controversy on the Coleman no-goal. Who's next, Colorado or St. Louis? Uh, I want to talk about some other performances by Oilers players tonight as well. We're back in a couple of minutes for more. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford overtime open line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Sending it in deep, Lindholm cuts in, shot, save Smith from the right circle. Rebound, control, trying to bank it off Smith, and another stop. All right, Mike Smith gets the win. 32 saves on 36 shots. That's his save of the game for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace, reface. The Oilers are going to the West Final for the first time since 06. 
They win the BOA, four games to one, 5-4 in overtime tonight. The three stars Rob picked in Calgary. Oh, Pat Steinberg, our buddy, picked the stars. Uh, Zach Hyman, number one. Connor McDavid, number two. Michael Backlund, number three. Is it that simple that we give Dreisaitl the fourth star? He did have four assists. <laughs> I might have had him a little higher up in the star picking tonight. I thought he was excellent. Uh, yeah, he's number four star tonight. I think he'll be okay if we just give him that. The fourth star for Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian, Store Canadian, head to sentinel.ca. Dreisaitl also makes a winner out of Scott, who's going to get a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line on Dreisaitl's points tonight at 2.5, so it's over. Set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Dreisaitl, five consecutive games of, of three points or more. So he has three... What did he finish with? Three three-point games and two four-point games. It's unbelievable so it's in a five-game series points. against it. I had it down for 17. It's actually 18 it, points, right? I think oh, I nine thought he had 17. Well, I think 17, he had 17. Nine and eight, sorry. Yeah. Yep. yeah, he had 17 in the series, but that, that's incredible. Like, <laughs> uh, he, he was amazing. And just think at the beginning we had thoughts or worries that he might not start game one or they're going to limit his ice time. Uh, I'm going to say that he's healthy now. He does not look beat up or injured at all. He looks pretty darn good. And right now, the two best players in the world are playing on the same team. That's here in Edmonton. All right, let's go back to Calgary. The winning head coach is Jay Woodcroft. Well, Jay, um, obviously you've talked all the time about, you know, one game at a time. Well, you got it. Can you just ro another roller coaster game up and down, crazy sequence of goals, and, you know, one of your best players comes up with a huge goal. What, what were you saying during uh, the third period in overtime uh, to your team? Jason, I'll get to your question in just a second. Before I begin, I, I just want to um, pass along uh, some well wishes to a friend of mine, uh, the assistant general manager of the Calgary Flames, uh, Chris Snow, who's uh, going through something right now. And um, uh, on behalf of myself, our coaching staff, our players in our organization, and for that matter, the city of Edmonton, Chris, everybody up north is with you in your fight right now. Uh, um, I want to congratulate the Calgary Flames on a, a good uh, season. Um, they pushed us very hard in this series. We want to congratulate uh, the, the leadership of that team, Brad Treliving, Craig Conroy, Brad Paschal, uh, obviously Daryl Sutter and Kirk Muller and their player leadership, guys like Chris Tanev and, and Erica Branson and uh, Elias Lindholm and Michael Backlund. They were just uh, uh, excellent in this series and, and they gave us everything that we can handle. Now, to get back to your question, um, for me, um, uh, you know, I thought we didn't start the game the way we wanted to start. Uh, we fought our way back from 2 nothing down. The second period was a little bit of a crazy period, but there were a lot of good things in that period for us as well. In between the second and third, we just talked about uh, the good things that we did and, and how we had to clean up a few things defensively. Uh, I thought we had our best period in that third period um you know there were some uh you know things that we could clean up uh, heading into overtime we talked about that but i think uh, with our group there's a measure of uh calm measure of composure and a strong belief that we have the people in the room uh that can get us through any type of circumstance so we felt good about our chances leon dry 17 points in, in five games and said i don't know i think three different nhl records in this series can 
And I know he's healthy and available, but I don't know if he's 100% healthy. Can you just talk about him and the whole series and again tonight, four points? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, with what Connor's done, kind of Leon's uh, performance has gone under the radar a little bit. Um, but for what he's doing, um, you know, I think he, he has the ability to hold people off and make plays in tight spaces. And I think, uh, you know, I think he's the best passer in the National Hockey League, best passer in the world. And uh, the amount of plays that he makes for our team is... Um, unbelievable to do that with what he's going through um you know he's an absolute warrior but i've said this before uh you know we're when i walked into that room at the beginning of february is bullish on our players um because i i saw a sincere desire to win and not just the desire to win uh but i saw people willing to um pay the price to win so when you game plan this series after you beat LA, you didn't have much time. You looked at the series, you made your plan. Did you see a 45-goal series coming? Did you see 5-4 hockey every night? I didn't see that, uh, especially w with the way that Calgary uh, defended throughout the the season and how hard they played us. Certainly didn't see giving up nine goals in the first game. Uh, that didn't go according to plan, but we tightened some things up as the series moved along. We always felt that we had the ability to score. For us, it's sometimes not just about what we're getting, but it's about what we're giving up. And, uh, you know, as the series went on, we got better at, at that. Uh, tonight wasn't our finest hour in terms of defending, but when you talk about... Uh, uh, 20 men digging in for each other and finding a way in less than perfect circumstances. I think tonight was the example of that. Jay, Jay, you mentioned the calm. Where do you think that came from? Like that wasn't something that this team had been known for over the last little while. And when you look at the emotional swings that happen in this series, you know, was there ever really a moment even in game one as you're down five or six that you felt like this was out of reach at any point? No. Uh, I, I never felt that. Um, I think the calm comes from our leadership group. You know, we you know we've had some players that have gone through some things over the last six or seven years, playoff-wise. We have uh, brought in some players to the organization with a little bit more playoff experience, and I think everyone goes to Duncan Keith and his Hall of Fame resume and his three cups. But um, even Brett. Kulak uh, went to the final last year so he has an understanding of what it takes obviously Mike Smith has great experience um, you know so I think there's just a measure of composure about our group and I just keep going back to the fact that um, you know we talk about it all the time that we got we got the people in the room that can get through sticky circumstances and whether you play four minutes or 24 minutes uh, your contribution is valued you're important on our team and we've said this before there is uh, room for contribution and greatness from everybody jay woodcroft coach of the oilers after a 5-4 overtime win against the Flames that ends the Battle of Alberta in five games. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, uh, I've uh, I've retweeted a little snippet of video uh, that someone posted of McDavid coming down the hallway because I think he did an interview on the ice after the game and he's just jumping up and down. And it's really interesting. I'm sure you can speak to this uh, about that whole team environment uh, and the the two guys who are there that that he's hugging with, uh, you know, as well as some off ice staff, are Devin Shore and Chris Russell. Well, I know I, when I played, I, I played in 
I was a different part of a team every time I was there. Sometimes I was one of the better players. Sometimes I was a role player. And I've been on teams where you are, uh, you know, uh, in and out of the lineup. And it means a lot if you're a guy that's in and out of the lineup when the star takes notice of you, when he comes and shows the appreciation to you. Because the guys are... It, it's hard sometimes staying in the moment when you're in and out of the lineup or you go four, five, six games without playing. But the team knows that there's an importance to you, whether it's uh, just having a positive influence in the dressing room or staying prepared and ready for that one chance when you get in. Because, I mean, at some point, those those players might get in the lineup and they have to be at top level at that time they can't you know sit and pout and oh no okay oh i'm in well now i'm not at 100 percent or i'm not completely ready and now maybe when my, my one mistake uh creates a, a chance for us to lose a hockey game so it, it's for a leader of a team and that's what they what he is and that's uh, what you want and expect from him a leader of the team to go and make sure that everybody feels part of this win and i think that's important because at some point uh, the players that are not in the lineup might become a factor in one of the series, whether it's the next round or in the, if the others are lucky enough to make it to the finals. So you want to make sure that they know that they are part of this, that this is uh, they will be part of this at some point. So that's an important thing that a leader does, and good on Connor. So the Oilers take it 5-4. The other game tonight, the home team has won every game in the series. Carolina over the Rangers 3-1. Hurricanes are up three games to two. The scoreboard update for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Okay, uh, I'm sure you're excited, and uh, we're happy to hear from you. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You know the number, 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Leon Dreisaitl. The Oilers are moving on to the West Final. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid created his turnover for a dry side inside. McDavid, his shot scores! Connor McDavid has won the Battle of Alberta for Edmonton! 5-4 in overtime! Well, you're going to be hearing that on 6.30, Chad, from time to time for about the next 50 years. Connor McDavid's overtime winner, 5.03 into the extra session. Oilers win the game 5-4. They win the series four games to one. Calgary led 1-0 after the first on a goal by Mangiapane. Backlund, who played very well. Was he the best Flames forward in this series? I, I don't even think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was even close. I think Backlund was by far the best forward. He was excellent, and Mangiapane would be uh, the second best. And then there was a drop off, and which is great for Backlund and Mangiapane. It's not good for their their, their top line because uh, their top line was not good. Well, I thought Lindholm was the best guy on the top line, and you know how highly I think of him. Well, I, I like Lindholm too, but to me, he didn't play like Lindholm. Not the way that we've seen him dominate games. Um, and I thought Goudreau had moments, and uh, I mean, he he had he was robbed a couple times by Smith. The biggest disappointment, and, and probably because of the style of game he plays, is Kachuk, because to me, he's made for playoff hockey. You know, the way he plays, a little nasty, a little dirty, uh, gets involved, and after the first period, like or the first game, like he was involved with Kane and Yap, and, and then uh, honestly invisible. 
for the for the last four games, which to me, I'm shocked, shocked by the way he played in this series. But Backlund, Backlund was excellent. Uh, like he's the one that you, if you're a, a fan of hockey that you feel for in this whole thing because he probably deserved better the way he played. So he made it two nothing. Nurse and Pugliarvi scored two sixteen apart, and then it was that wild sequence four in a minute eleven. Hydro uh, Hyman Goudreau. Yarncroke and Bouchard, no scoring in the third that counted, and then McDavid won it in overtime. Hyman's goal on the power play for Shield Foundation Repair. Fix your foundation today with safe and effective repairs. Visit shieldfoundationrepair.ca. Again, Rob, like we talked about after the last game, a similar goal for Hyman gets in the blue paint and then the strength. Well, he, he, he knows what his strength of, of a player is, and it's to be able to out-battle the guy he's going against. And he just puts his body in. So that if, if a puck's coming, if it, if it stays in the blue paint, he's going to win that battle. So he puts his body into a position that he can block things. So if, it, if it's going wide or if there's a hard pass at him, he's not trying just to direct it into the net immediately. He's trying to make sure the puck stays in the blue paint, and then he'll out-battle the guy he's going with. And uh, the, the Calgary Flames... Really, it's funny. They had no answer for for Connor uh, on on the rush. They had no answer for Leon uh, with his playmaking, but they also had no answer for for Zach Hyman in the blue paint. He uh, just outbattled uh, whoever he was going against time and time again, and uh, that's why the the Oilers wanted a Zach Hyman, and he certainly has proven his worth here in this playoff because he was excellent and good on uh, Woodcroft making the move. I mean, not often do you see a, a coach break up the hottest line in hockey, but he did that to start the second period by moving Kane off that line and moving Hyman up. And wow, did it ever pay off? That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. I thought Yamamoto was strong again too, just with keeping plays alive. Yep, inconsistent. Again, to me, uh, a big reason that Woodcroft moved him down in the lineup wasn't as a saying, all right, you're not playing well. It wasn't a demotion. It was they needed their third line to be better. And uh, the third line had become very stale. And yes, he did not have a good series until he scored this goal tonight. So to be able to play three lines and roll three lines, they needed somebody that they could trust to, to drive a line. And I believe Yamamoto drove a line tonight and in this series, and he was excellent. And, I mean, a couple of great plays late in the game that he created on his own. So uh, Yamamoto had another strong game to go with a strong series. Should clarify, I'm, I'm sure most people know this, but just to clarify, you heard Jay Woodcroft off the top of his comments wish the best to uh, Chris Snow, assistant GM for the Calgary Flames, who's been living with ALS uh, for the last few years. So uh, we join uh, Woody in uh, wishing Chris Snow uh, all the best. That's uh, uh, obviously a tough uh, situation for his and his family, him and his family, and we know they're they're going through it with a lot of a lot of bravery. And good for Woodcroft for mentioning that as well. Okay. Let's uh, go to the fo- phone lines, 780-496-0063. It is Greg on the line. Greg, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Hey, so uh, I like your Rashog math there. That was pretty nice. But uh, so the other thing I just want to Sorry, ask you guys. Like my what? Ryan Rashog math. I don't know what that means. Okay, you'll have to look that up. So anyway. Well, you look, uh, just tell me. I'm not going to look it up. Ah, uh, well, he was uh, referencing something on TSN 1260. Sorry, and uh, and his math was wrong. So anyway, it's funny clip they use all the time. So okay. um, anyway, the experts were saying that this series was going to come down to goaltending, which uh, I think uh, it, they are right, but just on the wrong wrong end of the spectrum on that. So, um, but the one last other thing I want to say is. Um, 
I have to throw my sister-in-law under the bus here for the the happy birthday, Mike Smith, because uh, uh, she had posted something on uh, on my my uh, Oilers page there, and and uh, I didn't do my due diligence and check it's it okay. out. It's but okay. but hey hey, but that's what you get when you when you believe. She lives in Toronto and there, and she's married to a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, so that's what you get, right? So, um, but anyway, go Oilers, go! And I'm just wondering uh, your guys' opinion on uh, who you would rather uh, face, uh, Colorado or St. Louis, because I think Colorado can match a skill for skill. I think St. Louis is a little bit of a bigger team, kind of like Calgary was, and they're supposed to grind us down, which didn't happen. But running gun track meet style, I would take uh, Drysaddle and McDavid over McKinnon and Lanniskog. So I just want, I was just wondering what your guys' opinions are on that. Well, so. whoever wins is going to be playing great hockey, and they're both great teams. Here's, here's what scares me about Colorado. Makar. Mm, he's good. Oh, man, is he good. And, and, you know, there has been the odd quick defenseman that gave that can give McDavid a little bit more trouble. McCarr well, can, if anybody can skate with McDavid on the back end, it might be McCarr. I, I agree. Uh, I, I do. And the thing about McCarr, and this is what you love as a hockey fan, this kid's just starting his career. So we're going to get to see him for, you know, 10, 12 years dominate in this league. Um, both St. Louis and Colorado are great teams. And you just you don't get this far unless you have a great hockey club. I believe that the Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche will be a more exciting series. But I believe the Oilers have a better chance of beating the Avs than they do against the Blues. I think it, they, the Avs match up well. It's, it's a type of game that the Oilers enjoy playing. I think the St. Louis Blues have a, a bigger, heavier team with skill. They've got some great skilled players. Um, and and they're, they got a Stanley Cup pedigree. They've won a championship just recently. So I think the Oilers will give both those teams trouble. I think the Oilers easily could move on to the Stanley Cup finals. But I also believe that they're two hard teams that the Oilers are going to have trouble with. And to me, the St. Louis Blues would be a harder matchup. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, and that would be an interesting goaltending discussion. Forget the Smith against, against Huso. Right, who's never yeah. been this deep in the playoffs, and, and honestly, hasn't he had a great regular season? Because there was a lot of people that were calling their show talking about there's a guy that the Oilers should target yeah. in the off season, but he hasn't been good in the playoffs. And I don't know if and when Bennington will even be back in the playoffs. So that's a big loss for St. Louis, and they're missing Tori Krug, who was an excellent, excellent defenseman. Yeah, yeah I mean, they just they. They got a good team. It's still advantage Colorado in that. Oh, it is. <laughs> right? It is. I mean, St. Louis we'll has see. to win two more. Yeah. But St. Louis is playing on home ice. The, you, you don't want to go to game seven on, on your home ice. You, you just don't if you're Colorado because all the pressure in the world's on you then. Um, so Colorado's going to want to go into St. Louis and win. The, this, the, the one thing, and, and this is what was important for the Oilers winning tonight. I believe the Oilers were going to win this series, whether it was tonight uh, Saturday or whenever whenever the series was going to go. I believe they were going to win. They had the better team. But you don't want to add games to your to your series uh, because, A, fatigue will come into play. Uh, you don't want to be tired going into the next series. But the one big thing is injuries. Uh, every game you play, there's a chance of someone getting hurt. And you do not want to go into the next series missing someone. And Colorado lost a very good defenseman in Girard who's out for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and so you right now, Colorado not finishing it off on home ice has put themselves in a position where, A, they still have to win a game, but, B, somebody could get hurt. And that's why you want to finish series off as quick as you can. A team like Tampa right now are just lo loving life. They hope the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes go seven games quadruple overtime. They want those two teams beat up by the time they play them. 
And that's what the Edmonton Oilers want. The Oilers, I, if I'm an Oilers fan and if I'm an Oilers player, I want St. Louis Blues to win tomorrow's game and then let the seventh game go as long as it can. And then you take the tired team that comes out. 5-4 Oilers win at Chris in Phoenix. Must be overjoyed tonight. Uh, Chris, you've been calling for a long time. How's it going? It's uh, This is great. Uh, you know, being a lifelong Oilers fan, it's, it's just, you know, it's just amazing. A- after all the all the stuff that happened after 2006 and, and, and all the stuff that we went through as Oilers fans, and, and not just us Oilers fans, but the city of Edmonton, uh, it's just awesome. It's, this is a great feeling. Uh, this is a little bit of karma for what happened uh uh, back against the the Ducks, where uh, you know we got robbed uh, on on a bad call, so it's kind of karma coming in our our, our area. So it, it's great. Um, just just think about this: Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl had 52 points. They have 52 points combined. That is insane. That is that is, that is crazy. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Holland, all the naysayers. When we when we. Uh, when we hired Ken Holland, I said, uh, I said, uh, you know, trust in Kenny. He knows what he's doing. People had some uh, some negative uh, comments on on that Keith trade, you know. But uh, look where we're at now. We're in the Western Conference Finals. We're four games away, four wins away from the Stanley Cup. That's all I have. Let's go Oilers. Yeah, thanks, Chris. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the excitement is uh, it's incredible. I mean, the the roar here with the watch party when McDavid scored was just a blast of noise. I've seen some of the video from the people watching in the plaza, and it, it's it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. Uh, there's a lot of work to to do. I mean, you think eight wins is is great? <laughs> it, it takes 16, but yeah, you're you're going to be one of the final four teams here, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Doug on the line as well. Doug, thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, Rob. I tell you guys, uh, happier in hell that they were able to uh, wrap it up tonight. Uh, Rob, you're so right. Uh, you give a, that team another chance to come at you, or maybe even a game seven. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, an injury, uh, anything fluky can happen. You might not even win the darn series. Mm-hmm. If you don't Absolutely. Know, right? So you take it while you can, eh? Uh, guys, I, I, honest to God, Rob, I got to agree with you. I think the hockey gods were wearing orange and blue tonight. <laughs> Uh, because you know I, I've watched that play over and over that, the the goal and uh, that puck was rolling into the bottom corner of the net. It was rolling in as as Coleman came by. He did not kick it, but he made sure his mm-hmm. feet made contact, so it was definitely going in because it was rolling towards the bottom corner. When it ended up, it was in the middle of the net. And that's yep, no, you're absolutely right. Yep. They saw where the puck was going to, and after it made contact with the skate, it went 90 degrees into the middle of the net. So I, I think that's think probably the that, their decision. He did not kick it, but it definitely was directed. So no. kind of a gray area. Yeah, well, the, 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 probably the biggest frustrating thing if you're a Calgary Flame fan is the puck was already going in. That that was it was yeah. going to be a goal, whether or not Coleman touched a kick that didn't kick or what take that completely out of it that was going in the net and it was called back so it's unfortunate but yeah in if a team any team that wins a stanley cup at some point in their journey they will have gotten a really good break whether it's uh, a penalty called at the right moment or an offside or a big save or or a, a weird bounce there's always something 
that they can look back on and say, oh, remember that break we got in game two of the first series, anything like that. So this was a break for the Edmonton Oilers. It was a huge break. And I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the series, but it certainly has given the Oilers a chance to get more rest, to get more healed, not have to worry about more injuries, uh, not have the, the stress level up for a few days and allows them to sit back and watch two other teams battle out to play them. So uh, it's, it's a break that worked out in the Oilers' favour, and anyone that has been an Oilers fan for a lot of years knows that there's sometimes, as you just said, the hockey gods have wore the other jerseys. So it's kind of nice that the hockey gods were on their side tonight. Yeah, and the one thing about that play too, and Rob and I don't see it the same way, but, but it doesn't matter if the puck was going to go in anyway. And I'll use an extreme example, Rob. If the puck's going to go in anyway and there's no one around and I pick it up on the one-inch line and throw it in, the refs wouldn't say, well, it was going in anyway. They would say, well, you can't throw the puck into the net. Mm-hmm. The, only no, time, to... the only time they can say that is if, uh, if uh, I guess, if a defensive player knocks the net off, either on purpose or unintentionally as the puck's going in, then they'll allow the goal. But on a play like that, they can't say, oh, it would have gone in anyway. they got to deal with how it eventually got no, over the line. Absolutely right. It's just if you're a fan, you're like, okay, you idiot. Why didn't you just lift your foot? Don't even give him the chance that puck was going in the net already. So, And it's too bad because it was Backlund. That was another fantastic play by Backlund. And actually, and it's funny, it's Coleman, this whole, the whole controversy or whatever, the call on, he actually had a really good series too. He was a nice pickup by the Calgary Flames. I thought he played very well for the Flames. That line was head and shoulders better than any other line that the Calgary Flames had in the series. Okay, back to the certainty hotline. Oilers win the series 5-4 in overtime in Game 5. We have Todd standing by as well. Hey, Todd, go ahead. Hey, uh, yeah, long-time listener, uh, lifetime fan of the oil, of course. And, uh, yeah, hell of a game, hell of a series. Uh, I just I got a question for you in regards to Pooley Arby. Uh, through the L.A. series and this series, I kind of thought he was invisible. I kind of thought he looked lost and a little flailing on the ice. Uh, do you think there's anyone who's riding the uh, – wearing a suit right now and, and on the back burner that – might be better suited to come up and play and, and be in the uh, series, in the next series? Uh, good question. I, I agree. I think Pugliarvi has, I think you said it best, been invisible in certain games. Uh, at times, I think the moment seemed bigger, too big for him. Uh, there was the one game where his shift length was like 28 seconds, so it's almost like get on, get off before I make a mistake. Uh, you hope uh, with most young players, especially offensive players, when they find the back of the net, it just gives them this little bit of confidence. And hopefully the goal that he scored tonight will give him that confidence. It was a big goal. If you think about it, one goal game, an overtime game, he scored a goal in it. So an important goal. And you saw Connor McDavid again as a leader going over and stressing to him, okay, that was that was good. That was important. We needed that from you. So hopefully uh, it'll turn him around. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's anyone that's on the outside right now looking in that will take his spot. But they do need, as you go further in the playoffs, the teams get better, and they'll need more out of Yessi as this as they go into the next series because the teams, uh, they usually have stars, but when you get the further you go in the playoffs, the teams have better depth. So he'll be going head-to-head against players that are better than the, the Flames, that were better than the, the LA Kings. So they'll need more out of them than they got in the first two series. Yeah, I mean, the Holloway is scratched. I mean, he'd be the most offensive player, potentially, that that's sitting mm-hmm. out. Shore, uh, Malone is here. Oh, Broussard. I mean, we haven't, oddly enough, we haven't talked about him a, a Those lot. would all be, a, they'd all be a yeah. step down from Yassi, though. 
Well, not hockey sense wise. No, oh but, god, no, but no. Ability but to finish wise. Ability. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Shore, Shore, or Malone will come in if someone on your fourth line came out, or if Broussard. Archibald or Cassian. Yeah. Uh, Broussard just uh, Broussard really hasn't shown nothing in the games that he's played. So uh, I don't see any. Holloway is the one guy. You're absolutely right. Um, the one thing they're going to be able to do now, because they won the series in five and the other series ago, they're, they're going to be able to have practices, which they haven't really done. So with practices, a guy like a Holloway will get to play and get reps and do drills and learn the systems better and all that and feel more comfortable if they get to the point where they want to put him into the lineup. So he would be the one guy at some point. It won't start the series. Yes, he'll start the series, but Holloway would be an option as the series moves on. Yeah, the Oilers basically played 10 forwards. Archibald played 417 and Cassian played 248. I did, I'm pretty sure they were not on the ice in the third period. I, well, I actually, I, I, was, I can't remember the last time I saw either one on the ice. What were, what I were think Ryan, they, I what think did Ryan on play in the today? second period a couple times. Yeah, but not What, what did Ryan play tonight? Ryan played seven thirteen. He spotted in and he took wind up taking face offs. But he doesn't. Again, that's either. still. Daryl Sutter said it a while earlier in the series. It's hard to match lines with the the Oilers because they only play eight players, and for they had four guys on the Oilers who were averaging in the single digits over the first I don't know what four games of the series. So uh, Jay Woodcroft, he runs his horses. That's one of the complaints of the last coaches. But once you got guys like Leon and Connor and Kane and Hyman. It's kind of hard not to throw them out there every time you can. So this is really an eight-player team with a couple guys with spot duty. Okay, Oilers 5, Flames 4 in overtime. Oilers win the series in five. More from you, and you'll hear Leon Dreisaitl's post-game interview. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid created a turnover for Dreisaitl inside. McDavid, his shot scores! Connor McDavid has won the Battle of Alberta for Edmonton! 5-4 in overtime! Until Connor McDavid did that, the Edmonton Oilers had lost six consecutive playoff overtime games. Two in 2017 against Anaheim, three against Winnipeg last season, and one against Los Angeles in this playoff round. Game five, Adrian Kempe won at 5-4 in overtime. The Oilers beat the Flames four games to one. They are going to the Western Conference Final against either St. Louis or Colorado. Oil Kings on the ice later today as we are now in. Oh, by the way, it's now Ben Stelter's birthday, Rob. Oh, cool. Happy yeah. birthday, Ben. Yeah, happy birthday to Ben for sure. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and later on today, as we're now into Friday here at Rogers Place, Oil Kings, 7 o'clock against Winnipeg. If the Oil Kings win, they go into the WHL League Final. So exciting times for hockey. The Oil Kings got a great team. They do have a great team, and they may be playing my old team the Candles Blazers who I think were up 2-1 in their series I, with I, Seattle I believe it's now 2-2 is it 2 Seattle one uh, last night or tonight or whatever I, it was I believe so I will quickly double check but I was talking about that with Mooner earlier but I will always double check because I don't entirely trust my uh, memory all the time but the, the Oil Kings uh, do have a strong team it is 2-2 yeah and the Winnipeg Ice have a bit of an issue their best player their superstar from St. Albert Matthew Savoy is out with an injury. That hurts them big time. So the Edmonton Oil Kings, who are already good, are playing against a Winnipeg team a little beat up. 
All right, 780-496-0063. We have Fred on the line. Hey, Fred, go ahead. Hey, boys. How's it going tonight? I am so excited. You know what, Reed? I pulled up my Alberta Oilers jersey today for good luck, and it proved once again to be a winner. And you know what, Reed? A Stanley has been refurbished. i got to get together with you because it looks beautiful, and Stanley's coming out tomorrow. We're in the conference finals. I can't believe what I witnessed. I am so tired. I should get to bed. I could be up at 3.30, but hey. <laughs> no, no sense go to bed. Now. No, this is playoff hockey, I tell you, and I just absolutely, uh, you know what, Rob, I agree with you 99.99% of the time, but I got people congratulating me from the U.S., and they said both TNT and ESPN said the goal definitely didn't count, so take it for what it is. Uh, it's over now, McDavid. Beautiful goal, and go Oilers go. Hey, there's no reason why we can't go to the Stanley Cup now. No, you're right. The, well, the, the final four teams, uh, they're all equally great. So there's, uh, you just need a little bit of puck luck, need a couple bounces, a few breaks. Uh, and if you get those things, you could be on your way to the Stanley Cup. It's, I'm just looking forward to the next series. I mean, it, it's been nuts around here for the last, you know, month, uh, probably a little bit longer when the Oilers were on their run. And it's just going to continue to get ramped up. It, 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 it's been a tough year for or a tough couple of years for everyone. So for the people of Edmonton, they're getting a little bit of uh, respite. They're getting a little bit of fun here, and they're going to enjoy every single second of it. And hopefully the Oilers will continue with their role. And this will last not just another four games or seven games. Hopefully we get another, you know, what what would they need? Eight to well, 16, 18, eight to 14 more games? Yeah. So hopefully we get that. Yeah, it's it's exciting times. Uh, this series is going to be uh, long remembered. Uh, I, again, mm-hmm. I, you know, hockey gods or whatever, but the, the controversy just adds a little bit more flavor to it when it gets talked about. <laughs> it does. Forward, and, so. and again, this is and the, the excitement that's in Edmonton right now. This is, again, and I said this with Bob after the game, this is why I wanted a Flames-Oilers series. Because if the Oilers beat the Stars, we'd all be excited. But the, the level is ramped up because it was the Flames. And it was incredible hockey to watch. It was incredible drama to watch for the last uh, seven, eight, nine days, whatever it was. So that's why, to me, you wanted that Flame series. We needed to have that Flame series because it just it gave you everything that you wanted. And people in Edmonton do not like Matthew Kachuk. And, well, they got exactly what they wanted from Matthew Kachuk. They got nothing. So this was the series that the others fans should have wanted and are very fortunate that they got because the enjoyment of this win over the next few days before the next series starts is going to be huge. All right, let's go back to the Saddle Dome. We have post-game reaction from Flames coach Daryl Sutter. Not finish. Great opportunity. Goes the other way. What did you see on the disallowed goal in the third? Uh, I just watched it on the screen on the bench. But so I asked uh, Wes what the call was, and he said it was a distinct kicking motion. So you guys probably had better angles than I did. Do you agree with the call? Pardon? Do you agree with the call? Well, it depends what you call a distinct kicking motion. If somebody's on the ground there and you lift your foot up, kick them in the head, that's a distinct kicking motion. If you slide your foot in the ground, it's not a distinct kicking motion. <laughs> Whatever. 
Carol, you've called this a process many times this year. How do you see, like, where did you see this team progress to? In this, it's just serious. You want to ask questions about the game in series. That's what I mean, like, you talked about the process for this team. They've made it this far in the series. Yeah, I mean, that was the goal, is to make the playoffs, so make the playoffs. And they hadn't, we hadn't won around since for a long time, so won around and kind of ran out of ammo in this, this round here. Quite honest, the series was about games two, games four, and games five, which is tonight. They were all tied the third period halfway through. Edmund scored the big goal, if you look at it. Game two, game four, game five, difference, right? Did the better team win the series? The best player won the series for him. Hey, they won in five. You know, it's, as I said, we scored the big goal in two, four, or five, then it's, you extend the series, then the longer it goes, the better chance you have. Simple. We saw that there was a long moment in the handshake line with Connor McDavid. Was there anything you said to him or keep that for yourself? Yeah. They're in a position now to do something special. And they're going to get a rest. The other team's other series is going to go longer, so that's the next challenge for them. How did you think your top line played tonight? Missed opportunities. That's, it's not being critical. It's just true. I mean, they're going to tell you that too. Missed opportunities go the other way. How about Markstrom? What did you think his play tonight? You know what? You guys want to criticize? I'm not doing it. You guys do it. I mean, he had a hell of a year. He's one of our captains, one of our leaders. So, I mean, team won 55 games, and how many did he win? Most of them. So. What do you say to the group on a night after a tough loss like that? Your chin up, your chest out, and walk out proud. Did a hell of a lot more than anybody said they'd do. Quite honest. I mean, the team that beat us was a favorite in coming into the year, and, and we weren't even close. So, did a good job. Sure, they're disappointed, but that's that's this division against those guys. All right, that is Daryl Sutter, head coach of the Calgary Flames. Uh, sort of his usual tone in most of his interviews. <laughs> Robbie, I think seriously, that was, I'd be that was I'd be intimidated. Or... Seriously, I'd be intimidated asking questions sometimes. But Daryl, I, I really would. I was intimidated when he coached me, so I guess it wouldn't be much different than when I played with him. I, I believe that was Markstrom. He was asked about where he said, "I'm not going to criticize." He won. We won 55 games, and he won most of them. So I, I was, and I think he was also asked about Matthew Kachuk being one of the alternate captains. I, I think well, that would have been the. Yeah, I agree, and and I, I'm a fan. I mean, Kachuk is is a great hockey player. You don't score 40 goals, 100 points unless you're a great hockey player. And Markstrom is going to finish second in the Vezina Trophy this year. But neither of them had a good playoff against the Edmonton Oilers. Let me put it to you this way, though, just for argument's sake. Did, did mm-hmm. Markstrom have a poor series or did he just have a poor first game, which ironically enough is the one he won? Um, no, he had a poor series. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is with, with a goalie of his stature, the bar is high. Uh, the expectations are high. I mean, he didn't, I mean, there was the, the, the one that he coughed up to start, what was that, game four? But all goalies make mistakes, so that's fine. It just, the he didn't make the unexpected saves. It's not, the, the goals that beat him weren't bad goals, but he just didn't make any saves on those, and they needed that. 
Um, so, yeah, no, it would be a disappointing. I mean, I don't know what his goals against average in the series was, but it was got to be four or five. So, yeah, when you're when you're up for the Vesna and your goals against average in a five-game series is four or five, that's not good enough. So, yeah, no, it was it was a disappointing series for him. I, he'll bounce back. He'll have another great year next year. But um, they're uh, it's one of their star players in, in Kachuk and their superstar goaltender both had subpar series. And on the other side, Mike Smith had a great series and the other's top players were, well, I, I mean, I don't even know if there's enough ad adjectives for them anymore. I mean, uh, Connor and Leon were sensational. So... Uh, the Oilers won those battles. All right, let's go back to the certainty hotline. Uh, calling from Toronto, he's up late again. Abbas is on the line. Abbas, go ahead. I told you, boys, we're going to destroy <laughs> these guys. And here's one. Okay, I know that we, you know, we lost the first goal, but I had no doubt in my team. I'm telling you right now, those people that Remember Rollison getting injured? Mark Monwards, boys, Stanley Cup champions, Edmonton orders all the way. Bring Colorado, bring St. Louis. I want to see Tampa Bay and Edmonton, and Edmonton's going to win, baby. Well, I'll tell you what, Abbas, thanks for calling. We appreciate that you're, you're always a very optimistic fan, which I think is cool. And I will say this for Abbas, Rob. Most people who predicted this series, whether they picked Edmonton or Calgary, had it going six or seven. Mm -hmm. Not Abbas. He he had the Oilers rolling. So, you know, he wasn't – I don't can't remember if he called us after game one, but I think he's called us after all the other games, and he said, yeah, we're not going to lose another game in this he series. He did say that. So he did. Absolutely. You know, he was, uh, his confidence paid off for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, I, yeah, I, I thought this was going to be a longer series. I really did. Now, as Daryl Sider said, the three games, it was tied halfway through the third period. And the Oilers' big players came up with big um, uh, goals in those moments where, uh, again, in overtime, the, the, the Flames had a couple opportunities. They just couldn't finish. And the Oilers got their one shot, and the puck was on the stick of the right guy. And he made absolutely no mistake, an absolute bullet off the post and in. You can't give Connor McDavid uh, a step in the offensive zone because he'll make you pay. And he had a step, and... When he took his time, he got to pick exactly where he wanted to put it on Markstrom and made no mistake. 5-4, the Oilers take it in over. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply time uh, if you're on hold stay there we're going to get to as many of you as we can you'll also going to hear from leon dreisaitl the oilers are going to the western conference final this is heartland ford overtime open line oilers hockey is brought to you by friesen brothers this is the heartland ford overtime open line here's reed wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Now it's Backlund at center, gaining speed around Nugent Hopkins, heading for the net, right circle, shot, save, rebound, score! Smith got a piece but never held it, and the Flames regain the lead. Let's do a video review. There's no 
Oilers fans are going to most remember the McDavid series winner. Flames fans will probably most remember that. Blake Coleman's goal with 5.57 left in the third. Waved off after video review, as you heard the announcement there. They say that it was uh, kicked in as he was crashing to the net, tied up with Cody Ceci, so it was waved off. It stayed 4-4. It went to overtime, and McDavid won it. I, I will say this, Rob, and... It, uh, I, like, I know we were arguing earlier, though we both thought it was going to count. I, I think I just see more of the reasoning as to why it wouldn't have counted. But I will say this, and, and I've seen people tweet a couple goals from during the season where there was an obvious direction or turning of the skate, and they, and they let it stand. That, and, that, and to me, that's often what you and I complain about with the NHL. Sometimes it's not actually the calls themselves. It's the consistency of the calls. Well, and you're allowed to turn your turn your feet. If someone's shooting from the point, I can turn my foot so that I know that it deflects and goes into the net. You're always been allowed to do that. So that's why the distinct kicking motion was the, the part that I was looking at because there was none. So, uh, yeah, consistent. I mean, you look for consistency at all times, but you certainly look for consistency in a moment that big. So I, I could I can feel the pain of the Flames fans. Now, there was a lot of other reasons why the Flames lost this series. But that was a big game, a big goal at a big moment that you just don't know. So yeah, it, it's tough, but there there will be a lot of uh, uh, reasons or a lot of uh, soul searching as why they, the Flames, you know, did not get through this series. And you, you got to wonder too. There's this might could this have been their best opportunity? Is Johnny Goudreau back there next year? He's an unrestricted free agent that's coming off an incredible season. Uh, can they afford him? Or is someone going to make a pitch at him? Uh, he's an American player. Does he want to go back and play in the States? Was this the Calgary Flames' best chance to move on to the third round? So that's what's probably disappointing for Calgary Flame fans. All right, Oilers are moving on. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Ken standing by. Hey, Ken, go ahead. Oh, it's Tim calling from Vancouver. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, good evening. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that was the rule. That shot from the point, you, the, the offensive player can turn his foot and purposely angle the the puck into the net. I, that doesn't. I didn't know that was the rule. I mean, to me, that doesn't seem like hockey. Uh, I was just gonna seems more like uh, soccer. I, I was just going to say, Rob, like we, we really enjoy your commentary and your in-depth points, you know, teaching and, you know, playing the game at a very the highest level. It's great, but but I, was, I really didn't agree with you. What, what you the rule in the, the rule book is, is um, it's a bit fuzzy what it says. You guys are um, trying to define a distinct kick. Well, it does say that, but then the rest of the sentence, it gets a bit fuzzy. Well, what is, I, I, firstly, I don't, I, do we really want an offensive player putting the, the puck into the net? Is like, is that hockey? I mean, if yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I think that should have counted 100%. If the if the offense, yeah yeah I'm try, yeah if the offensive player's got his back turned to the puck and the winger's got the puck and he and he shoots it towards the net and off the skate and the, the guy didn't even know it went off the skate well fine but if you purposely try and stick it in the net with your skate I I don't I'd say you know you think that's hockey I don't <laughs> well there's there's lots of players that'll do that on the side of the net on the power play they'll t turn their skates so that if the puck misses their stick it'll bounce off their skates and go in the net instead. I mean, that's, it's just, it's smart. It's making yourself bigger. Sometimes the puck, the guy making the pass can't always find your stick because there's not a good passing lane. 
So guys make themselves big and they'll just they'll have their skates set up that way too. It's part of the rules that you're, you're allowed to do it. So I, I have no problem with someone. I don't think you should be allowed to kick ever because that brings in a chance for injury. If someone's trying to kick the puck with a kicking motion and there's a player down or a goalie down, absolutely you shouldn't do that. But to be able to turn your foot as a puck's coming from the point, okay, he's coming here. If I turn my foot this way before it gets here, it hits my skate and bounces in that direction. Absolutely, you should be allowed to do that. I, I believe we talked about this several years ago. I, I, I can't remember if I said it to you, Rob, or on Inside Sports one night. Because the NHL, most leagues, they like things that are black and white. It makes mm-hmm. it easier for the refs. Shooting the puck yep. over the glass. I mean, for a while, and part of the era you played, they could give a player a delay of game penalty, but they never it did. was ra- very, very rare. Yeah. Now you shoot the puck over the, your, the glass in your own end, doesn't matter. Intent, mm-hmm. no intent, chopping at it, knocking it out of the air, you get a penalty. What if, the, I mean, to me, what if they made a rule that said if the puck goes off an offensive player's skate and his skate is in the crease, the goal doesn't count? Whether it's yeah. then they don't, then they don't have to look because this you know the crease is the goalie's area. So technically, yep, you're not no. supposed to have your feet in there. Uh, you know, I'm fine with that. If I understand the black and white, I really do because when you put uh, the onus on the referee to make a, a judgment call on his own, every ref, well, as you and I, we've we have different judgments on what happened in that on that goal. Um, so different refs will have different judgments. So it, the easier the black and white is much much easier. And if you want to say if it hits your skate and goes in, fine. But that's not the rule right now. It no. can hit your no, skate. No, no, I'm and just go saying. In. I wonder if. That yeah, but no, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I mean, I prefer they didn't, because I, I, I think that they've taken too much offense over the years away from uh, the National Hockey League as it is. So I, to me, I, people come to see goals. I, you know, a two-one game is great, but a seven-six game is better. So I, to me, I just, if they put that rule in, it's black and white. Well, yeah, that's that's the rule, but that's not there yet. All right, Oilers win at 5-4 in overtime over the Calgary Flames. It is Connor McDavid, the captain, getting the game winner. Leon Dreisaitl with four assists. Here he is. Uh, Leon, I, I don't even like to talk about yourself, but 17 points in five games, you know, set NHL records, uh, three points in every one, and tonight a four-point night. Uh, yeah, just... What you feel about your play and then obviously the big goal in overtime? Um, yeah, it's a really big goal by Connor. Um, I'm not going to stand here and talk about uh, myself, <laughs> like he said. Um, um, I thought our whole team did a great job, other than game one, obviously, um, to kind of adjust and, and, and get back to, to, to what makes us successful as a team. So um, really, really proud of the guys. Twice in this series, in this rink, you're down 2 nothing. You managed to come back both times and, and get the win. And talk about your ability tonight to come back, even in that crazy sequence in the second period. Uh, yeah, I mean... That's that's a good team over there, right? They've shown it all season. They're they're really hard to play against. Um, so we we knew they weren't gonna just fold and 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 you know let us let us keep going. So um, 
it was it was a great battle, I thought. Um, but again, I think it shows our, our, our effort in, in our group, uh, the type of guys that we have in our room, uh, the resiliency uh, to to stick with it um, and get get back to our game and and you know take take control. We all saw what Connor did, you know, in six and seven last series, and then it's it's him in the big moment again here tonight. <laughs> just I'm not sure if you can put it into words again, but just what he means to this group in these big moments and how he's pulling this he's, off. He's everything to us. He's he's our leader he's our go-to guy he's he's the guy that everyone looks looks up to when when you need him right and he's he's done it all season he's done it all his career um he's um last two months or last month or whatever it has been um you know he's been he's been amazing for us so um eventually you just kind of run out of words um so i'll just leave it at that it seems like you guys, whether it's lessons of the past or disappointments or whatever, you, you have sort of this sturdiness. You know, you're not being pushed out of games even when you're when you're down a significant amount. Like, do you think this is coming from, you know, your past experiences? And yeah, for sure. Uh, as you guys know, we've had a lot of a uh, lot of down down moments, a lot of moments where um, you know people were hard on us we, we can't win and we haven't won yet you know we're, we're only halfway so um, but it feels good to to take that next step for now um, it feels good to see that we grow as a team we grow as an organization um, and like I said I'm, I'm really really proud of the guys because um, this this was a hard hard series you know that's that's a really good team over there and, and they made it hard on us and they pushed back and and we had to push back twice as hard so um yeah great great job by everyone this was uh we expected a lower scoring series we expected hard type typical playoff hockey two one three one games you guys scored 45 goals in nine games it was five <laughs> four hockey all the way through does that looking back at what you thought when this series started how big of a you know, misnomer did that turn into? <laughs> I think um, maybe the last game of the season here maybe was a little sneak peek of what, <laughs> what was going to happen. Didn't turn out that great for us. But uh, no, I think everyone expected a, a tighter checking. Not tighter checking. I think both team, teams checked hard. There's just a lot of good plays made, you know, a lot of offensively skilled, skilled plays being made on, on both sides that, uh, yeah, led, led to goals. So um, I think no one really expected to, uh, for it to, to, to be scored that many goals. Talk about the, the, the pain and the heartache of the franchise has endured. You guys included last six, seven years. What do you think it means to your fan base and, and your city? You know, to be moving on to the third round for the first time in you know, yeah, it's 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 a great feeling. Um, I'm sure the people at home uh, are are very excited about it. Um, but again, we're we're only halfway. You know, we're we're very excited. We're very happy. Very proud of of what we've achieved so far this postseason. But um, there's more more to be had for us, and and that's that's our ultimate goal. We, we, we obviously celebrate this for a couple of days or, or a day tonight, maybe, uh, you know, be proud of it, happy, but, um, you know, we're getting ready for the next round. Leon, a lot of people said heading into this series that this was a coaching mismatch experienced against a rookie. Your line with Evander had done so well throughout this series. And then today, Jay, Jay makes that flip with Zach to put him up there. Just can you talk about Jay's touch and also how steady he was in some of this emotional roller coaster and how he helped? Yeah, Woody's been amazing for us, uh, no, no doubt. Um, you know, he, he, there's a calmness to him. There's a understanding of um, what what needs to happen, what shifts need 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 to happen. Um, 
that that help us as a group settle settles us down as a group and um, he's, he's done a great job so far what was it uh, like those 71 seconds in the second period where there were four goals scored? I mean, playing in that, was it just like you're turning your head and it's going one way, it's going the other way? It's... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. It's got to be a record or something, yeah. right? <laughs> All you guys are going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy. Um, it happened so quick. I felt like I was only out there once and there's four goals being scored. So um, obviously, you know, those those are, again, things that we can learn from, you know, when, when we do tie it up or when we do go ahead to settle the game down a little more and, and um, not go back-to-back -back shifts with, with getting squared on. So something that, that we can uh, adjust. Leon, during the celebration of Connor's goal, I saw everybody was up against board, and you were kind of circling around. Were you just taking it all in, watching the celebration? What was kind of going through your mind at that point? I was point? celebrating with the fans in the first row there. <laughs> um, I actually didn't even see it go in, to be honest. I heard the post, and I got snot bubbled um, on the other side there. Um, so I, I barely saw it, but I heard the post, and uh, I saw everyone get excited. So, um, yeah, amazing feeling. All right. Well, snot bubbled. And then to the celebration, Leon Dreisaitl assisting on the series winner. Four assists tonight, 17 points in the season. Good interview there with Dreisaitl. Rob, who uh, said, yeah, a lot of that was uh, it feels good, but we're not done. And I, I know a quote that's uh, I've heard a lot more in recent years. I, I think it's been around for a while, but I think Tom Brady used it, so now it gets used more often. And Jay Woodcroft used it earlier in the playoffs. We didn't come this far to only come this far, which I think is, is a great line when you talk about the process of trying to win a championship. Well, well it is. Um, you can't be satisfied. The teams that have won Stanley Cups or, or Super Bowls or World Series, they weren't satisfied when they won the first round or the second round. Those weren't the teams that won. Those were the teams that eventually bowed out. The teams that win the championships are the teams that, okay, okay we got goal number one, done. Okay, let's start worrying about goal number two. Okay, we got that out of the way. Uh, and that's what great players do. Now, the majority of the players in the National Hockey League don't get satisfied. And if, you, if you're at this point of your career, you're playing in the National Hockey League, you've got a bit of a, uh, a confident thing and you believe and you, that you're going to win every time you step on the ice. So uh, there's a, a quiet confidence about this team. You saw the celebration afterwards, but I have imag imagine tomorrow will be a nice rest day. And then they'll start focusing on the next series. They'll, they'll, everyone will watch the game tomorrow. They'll both. I, I would, I would imagine every single player will be cheering for the St. Louis Blues tomorrow, just so that there's a game seven, and they get a little more rest than whoever they play. But they'll start focusing on the next one. And it's funny. I just because we're we, we're going on, we I keep seeing the the reruns of all the the plays that happen in the game, and they just showed the winning goal again. And uh, Hannafin had the puck threw it away and then he he left his man Connor mcdavid was his man he went and ran at leon dreisel he's the guy that snot bubbled leon dreisel but when he did that that forced lindholm to start chasing Connor mcdavid because that was hannafin's man mcdavid was hannafin's man he left him and that gave mcdavid the extra two steps so uh, a couple big mistakes by a veteran defenseman in hannafin well what is created that. doing well goudreau <laughs> He, he there's Hannafin and and um, Lindholm are both down covering Leon and Connor. Goudreau's man is the point man, so you don't want to come all the way down and then Leon, who's a great passer, passes it back to your D man. Now Goudreau is out of position, so Goudreau's guy is to take away 
the, the, the defenseman on that side. Kachuk should be in the high slot. He should be protecting the house because the offside winger stays in the high slot in case someone gets beat out of the corner or beat off the boards. You can get your stick out. Now, I, haven't, I didn't pay too much attention to where Kachuk was, but he should have been the high slot as well. You protect the house. That's, uh, that's a key forever in, in the game of hockey. But uh, a couple big mistakes, and you can't make a mistake in overtime, and you certainly can't make a mistake in overtime with Leon and Connor on the ice. It usually ends up in the back of your net. Oilers have won the Battle of Alberta. We are uh, staying up. If you want to talk to us, 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. This guy is uh, really up late. He called in last game looking for Oilers fans in his part of the world in uh, in Boston, and Mitch has called in again tonight. Good morning, Mitch. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking the call. I was actually just going to go to bed if I wasn't the next guy on. So, hey, thanks for thanks for slotting me in. <clears throat> what a game. Uh, I'm feeling amazing. I just wanted to give the main thing I wanted to give. Well, actually, two things. First of all, I wanted to kind of throw some shade at um, Daryl Sutter there. In his conference, he's, he's saying, like, oh, the best player won the series. Many talked about games two, four, and five who scored the goals. Well, McDavid only scored one of those goals. So what is he What is he talking about? It's, it's, it's I don't know, whatever. It's solid grapes. Uh, second of all, I wanted to talk about this uh, kicked-in goal. Look, I think we. I think I had a bit of a nuanced take on it. Uh this goes in the bin with the offside review for things that I think don't shouldn't exist in hockey. They, Rob, you're totally right to just take uh, goals off the board. What we should be focusing on is not um, is this a kick, kicking motion or whatever. What we should be focusing on is this, is this a hockey play, basically. Like, is, what is the reason? What is the reason why we have this rule? We have this kicking rule because it's dangerous to be kicking with blades on your feet. So, was this a dangerous play Coleman made? Obviously not. So, yeah, it should be a goal. And the same thing with the offside. If there's a bang-bang play and the linesman misses it, and then we're going to take a goal off the board because 45 seconds later the goal went in, this doesn't make any sense. It's a hockey play. The reason we have an offside is so people don't go cherry-picking. If it's a bang-bang play, that, that should be – and we miss it, whatever. Just get on with their lives. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel like that being said, I don't care. I'm on side <laughs> nine. I don't know how I'm going to get up for work. But who cares? I'll do it that tomorrow. All right. Hey, you know what? I, I like how you said uh, how you said that. How you call it a hockey play? That's that's a great example. And Reed and I have talked about this for years. I think if you're going to do a replay, it's got to be done at full speed. And if you can't find the one inch offside in full speed, well, then it's then it's good. If you have to slow it down because in the game of hockey or in the any umpire, any referee in any sport, they don't their their eyes don't adjust and do slow motion in a close play. So to me, if you do do a replay and you, you should have replay because there's some that are obvious but in the replay it's got to be at full speed and if you can't catch it at full speed then i don't believe that you should overturn anything and i, I like your your point on that being a hockey play because yes the, the kicking motion is so there's no injuries so i 100 percent agree i like it's a nice way of putting it hockey play smart uh I, well i like what he said too about daryl sutter and look mcdavid mm-hmm. and dry Sutter were spectacular in this series but, yeah, that's a good point. Zach Hyman, shorthanded goal, game winner. Connor McDavid was not on the ice. Ryan Nugent well, Hopkins, game winner, late in game four. Connor McDavid was not on the ice. So, well, I mean, look, those two guys are spectacular, but mm-hmm. big reason why the Oilers are into the final four in the NHL is because they do have other guys who can score or at least tilt the ice. Well, to, to, to even make a bigger point on that tonight, 
it, the Johnny Goodrow line, the Lindholm line, for a number of shifts was going head to head against Ryan McLeod. And uh, Ryan McLeod and uh, Pugliarvi and whoever was playing with them at that time, Fogel, they're going head to head against the Calgary Flames' best players, and they they sh- they shut them down. So uh, yes, the 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 excitement level and the um, the 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 ones that, the the game the goals that you want to rewind and watch over and over and over again, those were the plays that Connor McDavid was was in on. Any every team has a best player that scores the majority of their goals. Uh, McKinnon had a hat trick last night for Colorado, but other players stepped up in different moments. And that goes back to when we talked about Connor McDavid talking to a Shore or a Russell. Everyone is part of a victory. And uh, tonight, it, it, whether it's a block shot or it's getting the puck out at a certain time or winning a faceoff, they all go towards a win. Now, some certain players get most of the accolades, and deservedly, but there's certain players that do other things that sometimes are unnoticed, to everybody except for your teammates and your coaches, they notice it. So uh, Connor McDavid was a big part of this series win. So was Leon Dreisettle, but so was Zach Hyman and Kane and Bouchard and Keith and Kulak. This was a team victory that was some maybe overshadowed at times by a couple superstars having special moments. I actually thought McLeod had a good game, especially the last he two periods. Well, yeah, he was going head to head against uh, Lindholm's line at times. So uh, McLeod, I don't know if McLeod's ever going to take the step to become a consistent offensive player in this league, but I think he's starting to show that he can be a very effective, uh, you know, player that can play against the other team's top players and get zone time just because of his speed. He can get in on the forecheck. He can get pucks out and win races. So uh, everyone needs a role. And not everyone can play on your top two lines because then you'd have too many men on the ice all the time. So you need other guys to fill roles, and McLeod's done a nice job. Okay, it is 12.52. Uh, hey, if you're <laughs> if you're up and you're happy, we'd love to hear from you. The Certainty Hotline is open, 780-496-0063. How does this sound? The Edmonton Oilers have won the Battle of Alberta, the first one in 31 years, and they are going to the Western Conference Final for the first time in 16 years. We've got to take a quick timeout. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. McDavid created a turnover for Dreisaitl inside. McDavid, his shot scores! Connor McDavid has won the Battle of Alberta for Edmonton! 5-4 in overtime! The first playoff overtime goal of Connor McDavid's career puts the Oilers into the West Final 5-4 over the Flames tonight as the Oilers take the series four games to one. Of course, that was Jack Michaels calling it on 630 Chet and the Oilers radio network. Here's the call on ESPN Deportes. Good drop, pero aparece Dreisaitl. McDavid. Connor McDavid, se acabó la serie. La batalla por Alberto de los Oilers. El mejor del mundo nos manda a casa. Gol de Stoltop, gol de Connor McDavid. Así tenía que acabar. There we go. Uh, I quickly Googled who the announcers are. It's one of two guys. It's either Kenneth Garay or Etienne uh, Etan. Benezra, not sure who that was. I just saw that on uh, social media and said that to 
Kellen. So it's uh, fun to get the uh, other networks, other languages calling the goal. Yeah, that was exciting. We might start listening to all the games like that. Yeah. Sorry, you were garbled there for a second. What were you saying? Oh, I just saying that I I really enjoyed that. That's that sounded good. Uh, I'm sure people have seen this on YouTube. There, I haven't watched it for several years. There's a great montage somebody put together, all the different languages who called the Crosby golden goal in 2010. It's it's pretty cool watching all those. Like it has the you know Cuthbert's call, and then I think Doc Emmerich was doing it in the states, and then all the different languages from around the world. That was pretty fun to watch. But uh, like I said, that piece of audio, you will be hearing a lot, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, one of the biggest goals in Oilers history, certainly in the, well, it's the biggest goal of the mcdavid settle era, as I've often called it, uh, Rob, as the Oilers are going to the West Final. McDavid coming through, coming through for the team tonight. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Todd on the line. Todd, thanks for staying up and giving us a call. Go ahead. Well, thanks for staying up and taking the calls. This is awesome. It's uh, it's a great day. Um, I phoned you before the series started, and I said that I was in the camp that was more nervous than excited. Um, this delivered more than I could ever imagine. Like this is this is insane. Um, I, I I agree with uh, I agree with Rob that I think that instant replay is. Uh, it's kind of maybe done more harm than good. I don't know if you guys are soccer fans at all, but they brought in VAR, and when you slow things down to super slow motion, all of a sudden a guy's knee or a elbow or whatever the heck is offside, there's been a lot of goals called back. I really do think that if it happens in real time, uh, you should be able to view it in real time, and if you can see it, well, then you, you call it. You shouldn't be able to slow it down in super slow-mo. I feel like watching it, even in real time, I felt like he had made a, uh, not a kicking motion, but he definitely directed it in with his foot. Um, they called it how they called it, and now that's just uh, salt in the wound. And for a full calendar year, we're going to get to rub this in their face. <laughs> and it's a fantastic time. Uh, and then I guess the other comment I, I just wanted to make, full disclosure, I've had a couple, so I haven't really looked at the stats, but in game four, uh, I think you guys would agree that was a must-win game. I think the line uh, as far as ice time, Lucic had played something like 10 or 11 minutes, and Gaudreau had played 15. Is Daryl Sutter the version of the old boys club that the Oilers had said was dragging the oh, team geez. down for years and years. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how in a game where you needed to win, Lucic played as much as he did and Goudreau played as little as he did. I don't know what the, the ice time was tonight. Like I say, I haven't looked at it, but I felt like he really didn't play and I know his, I know his top guys weren't as good as they needed to be, but I really felt like he didn't give them maybe enough of a of a spotlight to be great. And I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Okay, well tonight Goudreau played twenty one sixteen, Lucic played seven forty nine. I'm going to credit. Okay, Jonathan so he Willis. did it tonight. I'm going to credit Jonathan Willis for something here, who uh, writes for the Athletic, and he was he was posting this after game f- uh, four. I haven't seen if he wrote it. No, he doesn't have anything tonight. But I found this interesting. Um, I believe this was for the series through four games. Lucic had 15 offensive zone starts for face-offs and six in his own end. And Goudreau had 11 and 16 in his own end. And I, I, I found that 
interesting that he had Lucic, <laughs> who would have played less overall, had more offensive zone faceoffs than. Well, especially Reed, when you see, I mean. Hockey nowadays is more like lacrosse where you have your offensive players, your defensive players. So when you cross center, all of a sudden the defensive players change, the offensive guys come on. And we see that more and more in hockey. Offensive face-off, okay, here comes Connor and Leon. Defensive zone face-off, okay, it's Nuge or Derek Ryan. And you try to play to the strengths of your players. Um, if you're Johnny Goudreau, for example, and you're starting your own in your own zone and if you get stuck out against, a, you know, a Connor in your own zone and you get hemmed in for 25, 30 seconds, by the time you get the puck out, you're exhausted and you're probably just dumping it down. Whereas if you're in the offensive zone, you win a faceoff, well, now you already got zone time. So most coaches around the National Hockey League, when they get an offensive faceoff, they try to get either their first or second best offensive line out there to give them that access because that's where they do their best work. So don't make them have to carry it 180 feet up there to do their best work. You're already there. So yeah, I, I'm. That is a great stat and and actually a shocking stat when you think about the ability that Johnny Goudreau has in the offensive zone. Why not give him every advantage possible to do some some, some something magical? Uh, just in terms of ice time in Game Four, I just went and checked back. Uh, Lucic played 10:53. Goudreau played 18:48. So there were a couple of games in this series, yep. Rob where the penalties mess things up. And that's why we had a couple of games where Hyman and Nugent Hopkins played more than McDavid because they also kill penalties and are on the on the power play. But, yeah, I, I and I know I'm seeing some of that, that chatter, and I've seen it written about, was Sutter... So, so here's the thing. Was Sutter not using those guys enough, or were they not playing well enough for him to use them more? I guess that's the chicken or the egg question, right? Yeah, I... But the problem for the for the Calgary Flames, they were only going to win if their top line played well. And just like any team in the National Hockey League, if their top line doesn't play well, they're going to have a hard time winning. So they needed to be better. Um, and, and sometimes it calling them out, did that help or hurt? When they called them out before, was it before game four? When we have a, yeah, they're a good regular season line. Players don't want to see that. Uh, there was no lack of effort. Um, maybe the, the, the effort was in the wrong places or, or whatever, but it's, you know what, if you want to call someone out, do it after the season, but I'm not sure you want to do it in front of and before important hockey games. Cause you don't need that seat of doubt in the back of one of your star or any player's mind going into a very important hockey game. Oilers win five, four in overtime. McDavid gets the winner. We have Patrick on the certainty hotline as well. Hey, Patrick, thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going guys? Good. You sound happy. Oh, yeah, really happy. Uh, we live an hour north of Edmonton, but we drove down to the Saddle Dome and had a blast. I was telling my brothers, um, you probably won't go to a better game than that in your life, you know. <laughs> are you are you home yet or not quite? No, we're, drive, we're driving home. We uh, left like half an hour ago. We were oh. driving around the city playing La Bamba for Ben. So. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Where, uh, where do you live? Uh, we live in Westlock. Oh, yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, it's a long drive. If you could keep the show running for a few more hours, that'd be great. Well, we got a little <laughs> bit more to do for sure, so that, I appreciate you, you calling in. How are you feeling going to the West Final? Oh, it's it's exciting. Um, Colorado's a, a pretty scary team. I'm hoping, uh, you know, it's not Colorado we're playing. Maybe it's St. Louis. But um, a few questions for you guys. Um, do you think Jay Woodcroft um, outcoached uh, Daryl Sutter, or did we simply have better players than them? Another one, um, next year, I think McLeod is going to be a really good player for us. Like, 
this is still only his first year playing for us. I feel like the next year after, some of those rookies always appear to be way better than they were the first one. Yeah, good questions. Uh, well, we can go back, circle back to the coaching thing. I mean, that's always – to me, Rob, the, like if you're coaching in the NHL, you're an elite, an elite hockey coach. You're mm-hmm. Like you're not dumb. You're not going to no. get completely out maneuvered. Wait, well, there were a couple coaches early in my career. Yeah, well, so, fair But enough. since then, since early in my career, the coaches have gotten better. Yeah, I mean, we were just kind of talking about how Sutter used some of the players. I, I think what Woodcroft showed – and maybe it's not so much whether he outcoached Sutter, but he knew the the buttons to push on on his team. I mean, earlier in the series when they went uh, eleven and seven, instead of making two fourth liners the extra forwards that got a rotating mm-hmm. center, he made it McDay- he made it Kane and Hyman, which was interesting. So those guys still played a lot with yeah. different centers. And then you even referenced tonight, okay, I'm going to put Hyman up there with McDavid and Drysaddle, even though. Kane has it's been in on almost every goal well, uh, yeah. in the series. A couple of things on that. I mean, I don't want to compare the, the coaches, but what two things that make coaches look better, good players and good goaltending. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daryl Sutter didn't have either of those. His best players weren't good in the series, and their goal, his goaltender wasn't. I, I think that, that when you look at Woodcroft, the adjustments he made worked. Uh, the, whether it's the defensive pairings, it's where he put putting Connor and Leon together, uh, who switching putting uh, Yamamoto down on the third line, which made the third line much more effective, moving Yessi up and giving him uh, the safety valve of playing with Nuge. I think all those things worked well for him, and he thinks outside the box. He's got a very positive demeanor. Um, so, I, I mean. He, he also has a big advantage over Daryl Sutter because he has Connor. He has Leon. So those are uh, big attributes to be able to play with when, okay, am I going to put Connor and Leon together? Am I going to put the two best players on the same line or going to be able to split them up? So I do believe that Jay Woodcroft made a lot of wise choices in this series. Um, and I think Daryl Sutter, uh, he had he was handcuffed at times. And then there's other things that, I talked about I, I was shocked in the game that the Oilers won 4-1 when Calgary had a power play late in the game and Sutter didn't pull his goalie. I was shocked when the, he didn't put his first power play unit out there. I, I I thought that when the the Flames were shorthanded the final three and a half minutes against the Oilers the other night down a goal and they needed to score a shorthanded goal to tie the game. They got a face-off in the offensive zone, which is very rare when you're shorthanded to get a face-off in the offensive zone. And the Oilers changed to their second power play unit. I was I could not believe that they didn't pull their goalie at that moment. You had to score shorthanded. You have, you have, why not now? So there were things that I, I, I thought were odd. Having said that, Daryl Sutter's got a couple Stanley Cup rings from coaching in the National Hockey League, and I'm sitting here on a at one o'clock in the morning talking to people driving home to Westlock. So I think his decisions usually are smarter than mine. But yes, I do believe there's some things that I would have done differently, and I think Jay Woodcroft did just about everything right in this series. By the way, the final goal total in this series, uh, 25-20. So if you divide that by five. It's uh, that's a five-four league. Well, Mr. Daryl, yeah, Daryl Sutter always says it's a five-four hockey league. <laughs> I mean, that's scary. In in you know the second round of the playoffs with two really good teams going together, going at it, five-four, and there, 
it wasn't like everything went in. It wasn't like there was a lot of bad goals scored in this series. I mean, there was a lot of saves in this series, big saves at big moments. The goal-scoring opportunities in this five-game series were a plenty, and that's why it was so much fun to watch. Okay, 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch, uh, whether you're driving home to uh, to an outlying community or if you're in Edmonton or wherever you are. we got a lot of international. Well, I'm surprised we haven't heard from an Australian, Rob, because it's the middle of the afternoon there. Because <laughs> we got a lot. Well, because the they're, they're probably all at work right now. That's why. Or they, uh, oh, you know what? It's Friday afternoon there, baby. And your oh, okay. team just want to play. It's happy series. hour. Yeah, it's happy <laughs> yeah. hour right now. <laughs> okay, 780-496-0063. Back in a couple of minutes for more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Aram to Connor McDavid. Dry settle over. Nugent Hopkins. Backdoor. Top dome. Zach Hyman buries it. Edmonton three. Calgary two. Hyman a three-point night in game five. And the Oilers lead for the first time. Zach Hyman, six goals in the series and he gets three points this evening as you heard jack mention in that highlight pack helping the oilers knock off the calgary flames four games to one the final tonight five four in overtime against the calgary flames uh okay rob so we know the oilers uh they've already put it out surprise surprise they are off tomorrow if you're the coach when do you hold your next practice and or team meeting um well i would plan something for saturday uh, and then see what happens in the game tomorrow night between Colorado and St. Louis. Uh, if St. Louis wins, then you can make Saturday an optional, and then Sunday becomes the next practice, and then you go forward that way. If Colorado wins, well, then the Oilers will practice on Saturday and, and go forward and start preparing for their, for their next series. Um, but I can tell you right now that Every player, every coach, every manager, and hopefully every fan in Edmonton right now is cheering for St. Louis to win game six just so that the teams get a little bit more tired before they have to take on the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, so they're going to play later today, and then if there is uh, a game seven, it would be, what day is it now, Rob? It would be Sunday. I think it would be Sunday, wouldn't it? Yeah, Yeah, Sunday. Sunday night, which means I would imagine if it goes to seven that the Oilers would start on Wednesday. Yeah, and they will not That's have my guess. advantage. They will start on the road. So, I I prefer starting on the road. I really do. It's all the pressures on the home team split there. Then you get to come home, and then even more pressure on that team that's in first. I'm selfishly, I'm hoping for a Colorado Edmonton series, just like I was hoping for Calgary Edmonton. I'm hoping for Colorado Edmonton just because of the skill level. Like if anyone saw the McKinnon goal that he scored last game. I mean, that was Connor McDavidish. So, I mean, I want to see that series. I want to watch McKinnon. I want to watch Kale McCarr. I think it'd be incredible television, incredible hockey. So that's what I'm hoping for. They and it's interesting with those teams. And and I once I we get into the playoffs, Rob, I always sort of resist the temptation to say, oh well, that happened in the regular season. That happened in the regular season because things change. I mean. There were teams that played the Oilers uh, when Evander Kane wasn't on the team. So, you know, how can you compare? Mm-hmm. It is interesting though with the Avalanche because they played them three times late in the regular season. And they were all awesome games. The mm-hmm. Avs won one in a shootout, one in overtime, and the Oilers won when they clinched the playoff spot. Uh, no, the Avs did not have Landeskog. And I think Kadri missed the first. He missed, he missed one for one sure, yeah. He missed one, yeah. one for sure. Um, 
So maybe we could put a little bit more on those because they were meaningful games and Edmonton was trying to push for the playoff spot. Um, and the Oilers matched up well. I, I mean, they, you know, they they hung in there. It wasn't it wasn't perfect. And I think maybe that's kind of as much as the Oilers have some star power, we're seeing that they can hang in there and they can they can recover. Well, I, you know, they they can recover I, when I, things I think- go wrong. I don't look at the Oilers as a team that needs to hang in there anymore. The Oilers, once Jay Woodcroft took over, their record was as good as any in the National Hockey League. They're a good hockey club, a very good hockey club. And whoever they play in the playoffs are going to have their hands full with the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think the Oilers will be favored, but I don't think they're going to be going in as these big underdogs that no one expects to to move on. I The Oilers have just as good a chance to win the Stanley Cup as any other team left in the playoffs. I truly believe that. They have warts. There's parts of their game that uh, they still need to improve on, but so do every other team out there. And the one thing that the Oilers have that the other teams that are still in the playoffs don't have is health. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning are missing Braden Point. He's a he's a superstar. The St. Louis Blues have two defensemen and a goal, and they're starting goalie out of the lineup. And then in Colorado, they're missing Samuel Girard. He's a really, really good defenseman. So the Oilers have health. I mean, the stars are aligning right now. I'm not predicting they're going to win a Stanley Cup, but I wouldn't predict, I wouldn't bet against them right now. They're playing very well, and their star players are as, well, their star players are the two best players in the world right now. Yeah, and it's so, I mean, that's the beauty of the playoffs, right, is so everybody predicts a long series between the Oilers and the Flames, and it's the second shortest possible series it could have been, but it's not like... They were blowout. I mean, the the Oilers controlled game, uh, which was the four one game. They controlled game three, right? Like that was mm-hmm. the closest there was to kind of being a really lopsided game. So most of the games are close, and sometimes, well, you could win four close ones in a row, right? It's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, so that's that's it's, the beauty it's funny. of it. Yeah, and it's funny because my son is a huge basketball fan, and I and I do follow basketball. I follow the Raptors, and used to follow the Bulls when I lived in Chicago. But the, the difference between a hockey playoff and a basketball playoff, a number of the basketball games go seven, there are the series go seven games. Yet there's no game that's within 15 points. They're blowouts all seven. An, oil, or an NHL playoff series could be four straight, like we saw with the Winnipeg Jets last year, where they're all one-goal games and three overtime games. And so that's what you love about these games. There's Very rarely does a team get blown out in, in the playoffs. It, it just doesn't happen. They're, they're so closely matched, and it's just one or two little things that happen during the game that change the way that that game ends up. And tonight, a great example, and the series was a great example. Three times the Calgary Flames were tied in the third period. Or is it four times now? Four times. I think it was four times in the series. They were tied in the third period, and they're done in five. So uh, I imagine the next series, whether it's St. Louis or Colorado, will be close. Uh, the Oilers will need good goaltending. They'll need uh, good specialty teams, and they'll need some bounces. But whoever they play, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And I think the Edmonton Oilers fans are going to have a, a whale of the next two weeks and hopefully a whale of the next four weeks. Chris Tanev played 22 minutes and 8 seconds tonight. Rick Dollywall reporting. Chris Tanev played with a torn labrum, separated shoulder, and sprained neck. He'll have surgery next week. 
I, it, I, I said this the other night, the, the game that he played at Edmonton. I watched him in warm-up, I, and I, I actually asked Mooner, who was sitting below me because I was on the air for a bit, if Tanev took a shot in warm-up because I watched him for 12 minutes, and he never took a shot, and I'm like, he's hurt. And then they showed him in front battling with Hyman on the first goal. Early in the shift, he got hit, and he couldn't get off the ice, and he was wincing. Uh, if you want to talk toughness, that Tanev is tough. And that was a big loss not having him in the in the playoffs for the Calgary Flames. I'm a huge fan of Tanev. I think he's a guy that every team would want to have on their team. And uh, courageous to come and play with those kinds of injuries. The pain that he would have been in. And the one thing that the Oilers did not do, they did not lay off him. Every single time they had a chance to hit Tanev, they did. And every single time, that would have been incredible pain. I I applaud him for his courage playing in the series that badly beat up. Uh, just some other stories from tonight. The, the Flames dominant in the face-off circle. They won two-thirds of the face-offs. I'll credit Chris Cuthbert for this because I didn't note it after the first period. I believe they won 14 out of 15 in the first period, and then they won the Rice face-off in the second period. You were on you were on air, and I was actually listening to the between on the on the TV, and they were talking about it. 14 of 15, and they actually showed. I think it, I think it was McLeod was the only or McLeod or Ryan. One of them was the only guy that won a face-off in the first period for the Oilers. Uh, probably. Ryan because McLeod went one out of nine. Uh, Ryan was four out of seven. Big David was nine out of 15. Uh, Nuge was two out of 14. And Drysaddle was three out of nine. So, yeah, and, and there, I mean, there was that stretch where <laughs> the second period, remember the Oilers iced it three times in a row? <laughs> and and actually, those the were the face- times they won the faceoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not again. Like it was, it was not a perfect game, but it's the playoffs, and and you'll win it. I, I didn't think the Oilers were as clean breaking out of their own end tonight, as in other games. I thought there were some fumbled pucks that led to some nervous moments. Now, part of it is the Calgary Flames had a little bit more desperation in their game. So, any t- usually when a mistake is made, it's because you're being pressured. It's because the other team is doing something good. And that's when the Oilers are their most effective. Is when they force turnovers in the offensive zone. They they force mistakes. And the Calgary Flames did that tonight. And uh, play, sometimes when you're under stress, you make a bad play. You just try to make fewer bad plays than the other team, and the Oilers did that. All right, Oilers win 5-4. Back to Calgary. We have more from head coach Jay Woodcroft. There's a level of just commitment and grinding and tenacity that's just required at playoff time. Yeah. Uh, maybe just talk about the different layers you're getting that from and maybe starting with Zach Hyman kind yeah. of at the forefront of that play. Yeah, well, I mean, Zach uh, is is effort uh, personified. Um, you talk about someone who's found his groove here in this series, just kind of finding a way to get on the score sheet every game. Um, you know, I don't know if you picked it up or not, but I've made a flip during the game and and uh, I thought it made us better. He's that type of guy who um, who makes people around Around him better but you're talking about the self-sacrifice required to win at this time of year it comes down to blocking shots it comes down to making hard plays on the wall it comes down to guaranteeing pucks behind the other team's decor um, it comes down to a big face off a big save and we got people that are uh, just um, willing to work for each other and it's fun group to stand behind Jake, can you just a, just a word on the emotion of the moment the goal goes in and, and what it means for, for a franchise in a city that you know the hockey team hasn't done well for for quite some time and just what that what that what it's like to be part of this yeah well 
I think uh, the Edmonton Oilers organization is a proud organization. We're proud of our history. We're proud of the Hall of Fame people that have come through uh, our organization. We're proud of the different runs that the team has gone on throughout the years. But our team wants to contribute to that type of history. And our team, um, you know, um, is looking to make its own mark. Uh, so the emotion of that moment, I think... Um, it was an important moment for our team, um, but that said, we're uh, we're we're going to the round round of four, so the third round of the playoffs, uh, where there's only four teams left. Um, right now, we're we're going to enjoy this. I'm going to tell you that we are going to enjoy this one. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. Yeah, I, uh, however long the flight is back from Calgary, but uh, to do this against your arch rival and close them out in their building in the fashion that we did, we will enjoy it. We're going to rest up and recuperate and we know that uh, whoever uh, comes out of that other series is going to be a, a really good opponent for us. Jay Connor was just in here and he said he felt like he just didn't quite have the legs tonight undoubtedly still dangerous but mm -hmm. to get picked up by leon and then to what went behind the decision to to put zach on that spot yeah i just i thought uh i thought we were a little sluggish as a group uh not just connor um but as a group uh, i thought there was more to give and uh just flipping the uh cane and and um uh, Hyman the way we did I thought it, it boosted uh, Connor and Leon a little bit it allowed us to get Kane on um, the matchup that we wanted um, and uh, gave us a little bit of a spark so it doesn't always work like that but tonight it did Jay when you just talked about flipping them uh, yeah. and at the start of the second period I saw you go over to Vander and have some words what, what did you say to him there? I just let him know what was going to happen there I didn't say it in the room in between inter in the intermission um, so I wanted him to understand clearly what I was looking for and and uh, have an understanding of what we we're trying to do as a as a team your review there Jay or the review yeah. the challenge in the third your your thoughts your yeah I, your I mean we, we were pretty confident that they were gonna you know it was gonna be called that way uh, we thought it was and uh, but you never know and we're fortunate that uh, it did go our way all right well Jay Woodcroft was more confident than I was that a goal was gonna be taken off the board it was McDavid scores in overtime the Oilers win the series they claim the Battle of Alberta Four games to one, 5-4 the final tonight. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two later today. I will not have inside sports because we got more live games. The Elks start the preseason in Winnipeg. Five o'clock for the countdown to kickoff and then kickoff at 6.30. Moreland, uh, Morley, Dave, Brendan, Blake, all part of your coverage this Elk season. Uh, the Oil Kings have a home game at 7 p.m. against Winnipeg. They're going to try to uh, win that series in five and move on to the WHL championship round. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30. Ched. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers are in the Western Conference Final. We'll have it all for you right here on 6.30 Chet. Sleep well, Oil Country.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.